Good evening. Hello there. Salutations, greetings. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever, wherever this audio finds you. Exactly. We're not going to be exclusive about when or where you listen to this Never. podcast. No, absolutely not. Yeah. We're not timist or placist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Not timist at all. Mm-mm. How do Never. we feel about how people my, playing this on like, doing? higher speed? Huh? Is there any opinion on that? That's That would be speedest. Speedest, yeah. Well, how do we feel about that? Eh, I mean, it's it's not my it. thing, but it's not my thing. But, you know, if you want to, if that's how you get your kicks... You're fine yeah. with that? Yeah. I'm not going to not gonna know, tell you no. Are you talking about people who listen to podcasts like at a faster, faster speed? speed? Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to get more, just I, get through more? What about I with the music? I personally would recommend half speed hmm. for our podcast because there's so much information. That is that why we, we talk so fast. Right, right. Yeah. And also, if, if you want to transcribe, <gasps> exactly. you might want, you might want to bring Great it back. Point, oh, yeah. they should email that to us if they do. <laughs> yes. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, listeners. If anybody out there is currently transcribing, you know, every episode, and uh, you know, you want to get in touch, please, you know, let us know. Like, yeah, yeah, please. Like, like, Nick, how was your weekend, Greg? Greg, <laughs> annoyed grunt. Yeah. <laughs> Nick yawns in background. <laughs> Jay tries to get the conversation moving again. No, it's not a thing. It's not a subtext. <laughs> Yeah, we usually edit Bird it out. Clock. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. How how are my boys doing? Oh, how are we man. feeling? How are we feeling tonight, Greg? Where you at? Um, I'm in Philly. Um, yeah. I'm uh, seeing family and actually getting ready to play some shows this Ooh. week. Yeah. With Ooh. the Red Knots. Okay. And with uh, and uh, one with the Resilience, which is the first one in a while. Cool. So, oh snap. Um, that's going to be great. So yeah, and it's all kind of in this a- area. One of us in the Poconos, one's in Jersey, you know, one's like right outside of uh, Philadelphia. And then in next week, I'm going to be coming down to D.C. So That's uh, right. Yeah. We might want to try to make some plans. That's oh, yeah, man. 23rd. We yeah. need to get on that, man. For some reason, next week is filling up quickly, but I definitely want to make time for you, Greg. And we got to oh, make, make that better. happen. You better. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll work that out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, doing okay. Uh, busy weekend, but it was good. It was good. Mom's TV still hanging on the wall? Still hanging on the wall. Yes, it Excellent. is. Mounted Excellent. and secured. Absolutely. Um, Glad to hear it. Yeah. And an out-of-town thing, which was great. And then, yeah, play with the boys. It is. It's, summer's coming fast, man. It's hot out there. Yeah, buddy. Woo. Yeah. Big time. It ramped back up. Yeah, I, I fixed my air conditioning. Again, this... How do you fix it? Well, last year, I think I recall telling the exact same story. The, you know, when air conditioners drain, they come out of condensate line and yeah. then they go into a big hole yeah. in the ground. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that line was backing up last mm. year. And I thought I fixed it last year. I did not. And it backed up again this year. And luckily, last week was just like a beautiful, gorgeous week mm-hmm. where I could leave the windows open while I tried to sort out what the heck was wrong with my air conditioner condensate drain line. How'd this go? I fixed it. Congratulations. I think. All right. Again. All until right. next year. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. But right now we're sitting in air conditioned comfort. Beautiful. So That's huge. All is well. All is well. Excellent. Boys, what do you say we get this bad boy started? Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm Let's ready. do it. Should check it. Out. 
Yes, that's right. Sitting in dehumidified, cool, 72-degree air. This is, you should check it out. This is episode 149 coming at you on a beautiful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Doesn't matter. Whenever you want to listen to us, it's totally cool. At whatever speed. That's right. Mm -hmm. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. (laughs) Perfect. We have an excellent show for you tonight. I think we all have like independent news stories. Yeah. Um, for once, no bits. Weird. No, no tripe. No filler. Do we have bitless bit like a bitless theme for when we don't have bits? That that should we be a don't, thing. But we should definitely have like all killer, no filler. <laughs> all killer, like no stinger, filler. Yeah. ready to go. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll work on that for next week. But then there'll be a bit or something. Right. Anyway, sure, sure. <laughs> you can count on it. I'm going to be talking about a very small record store slash performance venue out in California mm-hmm. that's taken on the big boys, taken on Ooh. Ticketmaster. Okay. Nick has, I'm not going to lie, one of the coolest stories I've seen in a long time. Cool. I, I thought, right I thought this, this one was blew neat. my mind. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. really, really cool. And uh, Greg's going to be talking about some music snobs. Sweet. Yeah. And elitism. Ooh. And current event type of things. Current event. Yes. Yes. That's right. Keep us current. <laughs> Perfect. So, without further delay, let me play some music for you boys. All right. um, this is a track that came up on a random Spotify shuffle. Okay. The guy's name, the, the musician's name is Joe Maneri. Joe Ringy Bells? Maneri. Mm-hmm. Can't say that it no, does. No, I don't think so. What? It should. He is a... Uh, well, uh, you know, I'd never heard of him before, certainly. He is a tenor saxophone player. Okay. And um, he had an album that he recorded in 1963 as a demo for Atlantic Records. Him and like a, a trio of musicians doing some really kind of avant, out there jazz. And I guess Atlantic Records shelved it. Didn't want to do anything with it. It finally got re-released in 1997 by the Avant label. Okay. I'm sorry, in 1998. So, it's 1963, uh-huh. set on the shelf until 1998. And uh, it came out, and it's pretty freaking awesome. This song is the name of the album. Um, it's Paniots, Pan- Panios? P-A-N-I-O-T-S. Panio? Panios 9. This is uh, Joe Manieri. Check this out. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's great. So this guy, I, I had to look him up, and there's not much on the internet about him except for a New York Times obituary that they wrote in 2009. Okay. He passed away at 82. And it turns out this guy, he was mainly known as a teacher at the New England Conservatory of Music in oh, Boston. Oh, wow. He Ooh. taught there for 37 years. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And uh, he basically, he never really performed live very much until his son, who was a, a violin player, a jazz violin player, started. How cool. He grew up and uh, started playing out in the 80s and convinced his dad to come out and start playing again. They formed a group and started getting some buzz around the Boston area. And then he was able to attract enough attention to re-release some of his old records. Oh, that's awesome. How freaking cool is that, right? Yeah, that is, that's, that's, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Way to go, son. So there's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's like a couple of cool videos of him playing at like really small coffee shops and, and record stores um, towards the end of his life. And, uh, you know, it's just a, just a cool story. You know, he, he probably thought that he had his one big shot back in 1963 and then probably forgot about it. And then. Or, yeah, or just, or, or that was a story that the fa- within the family, you know, and I mean, his right. son knew he played, so right. super cool. So Joe Manieri, check him out. All man. right, Joe Very Manieri. Cool. So right we, what are we talking about? You guys, what would you say, a venue? Yeah, so came across a cool article um, of a venue that I've never heard of before. Um, and I was wondering, Greg, if you had ever stopped there before. We talked briefly before the podcast, and you said that you had not. But the place is called World records and it's in bakersfield california yes bakersfield yeah. i know that i played the fox theater there. yeah 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 um shout out to the uh the appletons the really really cool uh musicians i met out there uh husband and wife that have a band uh, kyle appleton cool nice. Laura appleton. yeah nice. so um i've only swung through bakersfield once on one of my old cross-country trips and uh, seemed like a really cool place. We'd love to go back there sometime, but yeah. in the meantime, this there's an article published by the San Francisco Gate. It's celebrating the 40th anniversary of this of this record store. Okay. The founder and owner is this guy named Pat oh, Evans. Oh, Bird Clock's been there. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. of course he has. Yeah. Of course he has. He knows yep. all about Mr. Evans. <laughs> Apologies. Go ahead. They go way back. Uh-huh. But, uh, but what can I say? Um, so he opened in 1982 as kind of just a, a basic music store. He opened it with his friend, and unfortunately his friend, like the same year that they opened it up, his friend tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, it was Something a car, like that. Was, yeah, a like car, I just like, instant, it, instantly killed in a car crash, it said. Yeah, yeah, and so he Rough. decided like that was kind of like a, you know, it, it was a message from God that he had to carry on the legacy of this, this music store for his friend. Kudos and, to him. Um, yeah. Right? Because yeah, that, that right there is a decision. <laughs> fight yeah, fight and so, pers- yeah. persist or like just be like, nah, this is, this, yeah, throw in the towel because I'm sad. So exactly. good on him. Exactly. So I guess um, he kept this music store going um, throughout the 80s and the 90s. And he had this vision of it being not just a place to, to, to buy music, but also to go and see and hear music. Mm-hmm. In the early 90s, uh, this guy, Pat Evans, noticed that at least in Bakersfield, there was kind of this gap in the music scene where you had kind of like the traditional Bakersfield, like honky-tonks and, and bar, mm-hmm. like this, the small bar scenes. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, any kind of, like, big act, like, the next step up was, like, the arena, like, the big ci- the civic auditorium mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in town. And he thought, well, you know, it doesn't have to be monumental, but there could be a venue. There's space for a venue in between those two extremes. Mm-hmm. So, initially, what he was trying to do was uh, just kind of help promote uh, concerts uh, to that scale. And his first concert that he helped promote was in 1997. He had Fiona Apple hmm. um, actually playing at the Fox Theater. There you go. Yeah. Um, right. And so then about a, a month later. That's a big later, first one. <laughs> yeah. Go I was going to say, this was like right as she was coming out, right? Right when her first yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was 1997, so he, she was still a teenager mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and about a month later, had a very young Allison Krauss come out mm-hmm. and uh, kept doing smaller gigs until about... I guess at some he kept promoting these gigs uh, throughout the the '90s and 2000s, and then finally in 2017, he relocated World Records uh, to its current location, which has a near 500 person capacity venue in the back of it. So it's a bunch of different rooms d- dedicated to different genres of music, and in the back there's it's just this gorgeous looking, you know, okay, small size performance venue that has hosted a bunch of different people their first uh concert was in 2017 elvin bishop the blues guitarist came in mm-hmm. and apparently tore the roof off and um you know guys from los lobos a bunch of different great musicians have come through and uh, and played and have remarked about how great the room sounds and how great a place it is um, this guy really so kind of this cool guy's really got a knack for like getting it right like because because it the one thing that wasn't clear this is a long article and the one thing yep. that I, di- I didn't realize is that it's all one building now, or I missed that. I must have missed that as I was reading down. It is now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because they had initially had him because he wanted to try this, so he just basically rented out a hall. Exactly. And yep. and yeah, turned a profit on it, and then decided yeah, consolidate it into one building. That's that's so yeah. Cool. And then it, to your point, he opened the new venue in 2017, mm-hmm. not knowing that a pandemic was three years down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's now had to endure that, but has survived it. You know. Thanks, I'm sure, partially to a you know a revival in uh, vinyl sales mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to keep the you know people coming through the doors and keeping the word out. But the cool thing about this this venue is that he's very not antagonistic towards big ticket shops like Ticketmaster. Doesn't re- yeah. Go ahead. It's not antagonistic, but it's basically a one man shop. It's like if you want to see a show at World Records. A, you have to be like kind of googling and be aware of what's going on calling at him. that place, and then you got to call him yeah. or stop in the shop, pick up your own paper ticket, you know, or pick it up at will call. Those are basically your options. You know, there's no QR codes, there's no, you know, app for this place. Yeah, he's um, built such an organic following of, of 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 fans and people that go into the store regularly that he doesn't need it. He doesn't need yeah. to like advertise that a on these apps that show what venues are in town and who's playing because everybody because he just sells the tickets to people that come in the door anyway so exactly it's 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 like the perfect setup yeah (laughs) i mean and it sounds like such a pie in the sky thing to say but really if you think about it like it's not a huge venue Mm -hmm. so you're not going out on a limb for every single show it's the quality of the venue that sells it to the artists Mm -hmm. to want to be able to come here and have the cred of playing it world records and you know i'm sure they're they have a good payment schedule for their artists it's kind of like a really feel good grassroots 
you can do it if you do it the right way. Yeah. If you build it, they will yeah. come type of story. It also, I mean, it, because it's in the same building, right, as the as the store, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we're here, open, with, we're open, with the building's on, you know, like they, yeah. the electricity's on, you know, <laughs> the, the AC's it's like, we might as well, you know, whereas, <laughs> you know, these other venues, it's like, uh, you know, like just to get people to show up and work. And, you know? and get things cleaned up and ready for the show and... Yeah. I mean, I still imagine exactly. it's a bit of a distinction running the record shop and then having to flip on the lights for the show and and, and, and a, a oh, yeah. different entrances yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But how does that, Greg, how does, from an artist standpoint, a venue like that, like, because one nice thing with going with, like, the larger or venues that use kind of, like, the standard ticketing systems is you can kind of, like, plan your tour out, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some pros and cons uh, you'll have to ask our booking agent about the details in the contracts. Oh, sure, sure. I, I, I definitely um, oh, and don't I, have I, all the deets. I didn't even but, mean but, like that stuff, yeah. But I'm saying that there's advantages to each. You know, there's advantages to playing at something that's very independent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also advantages to playing something like... The convenience, you know, yeah. Like the House of Blues in uh, Vegas, which is a live nation, you know, and you want to... Um, try to get in good with those folks. You don't want to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you want them to be, uh, cause they know how to get people stoked in the door. On you. Yes. I you know. It's, or something like, uh, I think, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but knitting factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we played in the knitting factory in Boise, Idaho, and it's based off of a, a venue in New York, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. That's, mm-hmm. that's where the original knitting factory yeah. is, but now they're like expanding. Right. Yeah. And because, but they had it to, they have a whole, method it's the same like shows that's working and they know what they're doing and they're pumping money into it and it's all just click you know like it's really like a well-oiled machine that's not the same for like really independent you know yeah uh, isolated venues you know i just played at one uh the canyon club okay not too long ago that's out in like just near malibu and it was. It ended up being kind of a weird night. It ended up being fine, but kind of low, like late notice. They moved us from one venue to the other, mm-hmm. and then like the promotion that didn't they didn't go full on with the promotion. And I think they mm-hmm. sort of like they were like, "Well, let's just see how you do." It's like, "How are we gonna see how we do when there's like no promotion?" Like, <laughs> yeah, right, I, I understand right. that you like you're hesitant about putting, it, but like we all you know we all stand to lose something. Yeah, right. If you guys right. aren't willing to do your job, so. Yeah, this is a group project. Like we yeah. all gotta, <laughs> you yeah. know, what I mean? yeah. pay the marketing dollars awesome. to get the word out. Yeah, and we'll put on yeah. a hell of a and, show. Well, not only that, but like, but the band puts out puts money into ads as well. Yeah, you know, and it's like we feel like suckers if we put money into an market, uh, an ad campaign, and they don't. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like we're, t- you, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, but we had, but we had a guarantee. So like, it didn't matter how many people walked through the door. We knew what we were gonna get. Yeah. You know, and one of anyway. the interesting things that I thought this guy said was that when he was first um, coming up, he he noticed that he really gravitated towards shows that he had been to that were around 200 people, around the 200 person mark. That was like, like the, the magic experience for him. It, it was a personal magical experience for him because he felt like if it's over that, then probably the the band is big enough that they can bring their own people in, but below that. You know, in that 100, 200 person mark, you're dealing with a lot of, with not necessarily a built, well, it would be a built in crowd that might not necessarily know the artist. Okay. You know, and he says, 
that is like this like magic tipping point where like some magic can happen if the band is really good mm -hmm. you know you all of a sudden you can have a bunch of people who've never necessarily heard of or seen an artist before get turned on to them yeah so that was his initial inspiration to like start doing these kind of low capacity crowd shows which i thought was really really neat did it mention like what what how much he sells tickets for it seems seems like reasonable right? 30 30 40 40 bucks yeah. a, a ticket so you you're know, also getting you these get artists them. coming in agreeing to do yeah you know much much lower paying shows right. uh, probably for for the cred of of having shown up at this place that has such a cult following right well yeah and that's the thing to me is like it seems like it, it does have a cult following but at the same time it doesn't like they really just started doing shows at this location in 2017 mm -hmm. So it hasn't gotten like sure. It's not a claim. Yeah. It's not like a, a tour spot where like the chili, the real Chili Peppers would go. Like we got to stop at World Records and play a show there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It might turn into that, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. But it just seems like it's such a feel-good story of like uh, organic growth. Yeah. Yeah. In in today's day and age, which just seems so rare. So right for, do, for doing it right, yeah, for doing it yeah. the right way, yeah. yeah. So nice. that's what I got. Message Little of hope. Feel good story from, Message of from hope. Mr. Rossman. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Good. I love it. <laughs> Mr. Klein. Hello. Hey. Hello. Let's go ahead and get some music in here. Um, Please. Had some Please. Se seriously good contenders. I landed on this one, but we've got some good music coming up uh, that, I, that I've come across in the past this past week. Uh, this is a new one. It dropped. It's a single uh, from our friends over uh, up in Canada, Go Go Penguin. You played them once before. I on did the show, play right? them once before. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, this I like better. This <clears throat> is a little less. Um, there was something about the earlier stuff that has almost a uh, elevator quality to it, <laughs> uh, with like <laughs> a sweet ass beat underneath. This this actually to me they they've kind of it seems like they're stepping it up, um, which is pretty cool. cool. So this is called the antidote is in the poison. baby yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah the trio yes nice yeah sounds yeah. like bad plus mm -hmm. do you know do, do the bad mm -hmm. plus yeah and uh yeah as, 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 there's another band called est uh s bjorn svensson trio okay i don't know if you ever heard that that's uh, I, I think so the same. yeah there's like a channel on, on mo i don't know I, I imagine there's one on spotify there's like a channel this now it seems like um of this kind mm -hmm. of thing because this does seem like it's getting to be more popular 
Um, How do they label that? Uh, like uh, progressive piano trio or progressive you know? jazz? Prog- I, I don't know. There's yeah. been yeah the um I yeah, don't know. Pro- yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's been some cool prog, stuff though. Prog jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prog jazz. But guys, I came across this story today, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't it doesn't weave into the overall themes that I tend to bring to the show. But it was <laughs> such a cool freaking story. This is from Wired, and it's this is t- a good one. Did you read this, Greg? Did you get a chance to look at this? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's called "How a Saxophonist Tricked the KGB by Encrypting Secrets in Music." <laughs> and this is the story Crazy. of of saxophonist Merrill Goldberg in 1985 traveling with with I think it was three other fellow musicians from the US to Russia for this kind of collaborative arts concert that they were planning on doing. Um mm-hmm. and what is what is cool is that the 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 musicians from the US essentially wanted to get messages to the musicians in the Phantom Orchestra that was that was playing over there, um, just some updates about relief that's going to be coming to them, and also for them to possibly get updates back out. So right. what what she did is she actually used the twelve chromatic note scale as a way to code letters, and and then and she, she even did it across like treble clef versus bass clef, so that she essentially could could write out messages. Um, yeah. Uh, and she she used, embedded a cipher into the fake musical scores, basically. Into the fake musical scores as a way to, <laughs> to, to communicate, yeah, to basically send these messages. And the whole, the whole I, I'm going to, you know, the links in the, in, the, uh, in the notes, but the whole article, like, there's just, there's no multiple times where they're kind of stopped and they go through their stuff <laughs> and, and they look at the music and, and, she, and she makes some sort of point that, you know, if, if any of them had played any, any part of it, they would have realized it's just, this is not music. Um, like something's going on here because um, this is gobbledygook. That's funny. But it was, it was. I don't know. I, Jay, Jay, tell me, tell me what you thought it, about this. What, story. Well, that was the, the amazing part to me was like, I just figured, okay, she's gonna make a cipher in in music. I assumed it would be notes written in the the margins or something, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like you know, some kind of like, you know, if there's a time signature change, that means something. Sure. Yeah. But like, it's actually embedded into the notes of it. And it's 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 so cool that she went through the the trouble, the painstaking process to not only create the the fake scores, but create a, the whole cipher thing for it based on a twelve tone scale. Because you know, if you're just using the regular scale, you only have the letters A through G. Yeah. But if you use the twelve tone scale and then you in, incorporate the bass and the treble clef, and the other thing was, was like, okay, so she went to all this trouble, but surely, like, it's not like anyone at the border is gonna like check every single page of handwritten mm. music oh contraire scores. my friend but mm-hmm. apparently that's exactly what they, they even did. unrolled <laughs> their tampons this was a quote in this article was, she said it's a bizarre so, experience yeah so like the, their fears were very well founded yeah and apparently they you know they pulled it off you know hook long and line and sinker i just thought it was so brilliant such a clever idea they did and they end up getting kicked out because they thought something because the kgb thought something was going on <laughs> they didn't know what. Right. They didn't know they how. They didn't know what. They didn't know how, but, but they just suspe- <laughs> suspected that that information was being transferred. So they they ultimately you know too much. You, right, you, right in front of your face. Boom. <laughs> Play this, bitch. <laughs> just so cool. So cool. Yeah. So uh, so that was yeah. It's a very cool article. Meryl Goldberg is a badass. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. There's uh, always um, 
some interesting things to look at and how like music and musicians played into like you know kind of these conflicts or mm-hmm. uh, you, you know what I'm saying yes. like um yeah one thing one thing that I think about is how uh, like compression was pioneered by the military to mm-hmm. you know for encrypting uh, you guys code. you guys you guys would know more about no, that you're right good, you're good. yeah for, for for sending uh clearer audio mm-hmm. right sure oh like file compression not like audio compression no i meant audio compression for like f- for for sending clearer audio out you oh, know right in, on. in world war um 2 I don't know I the history of that, but, but I'm fascinated already. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, what that's what a guitar teacher told me at once. He's like, "That's what like that's how compression was. That's why it was designed in the first place. Yeah, it wasn't for it wasn't to like make not to music make the bass drum sound fur. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's um, awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. So you know things like that, and I don't know. There's obviously you got you have movies like The Pianist, and mm-hmm. right, you know, yeah. just just how how it's. it's it's in it's in there it's in the fabric you know because it, it's also it's also oftentimes the thing that's allowed as like the um yeah the arts sometimes try in oftentimes transcend you know like political conflicts and and those kinds of things so it's also or they get a pass yeah, yeah. it's the right. place it's the place where some of these things sometimes happen because it's it's it is the pass it's to or um you know the unfortunate, like when the, when the Taliban took it back over Afghanistan and they started mm-hmm. going after the musicians. Everyone was like, "Oh!" And I think it was like that was a shock to like, yeah, you know, someone who's like 16 years old now, like going on going on Google News or whatever and or CNN, you know, and and being like, "Wait, did just pulling this guy out of his house because he's a musician and like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that might be the like, thing. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why we didn't want these guys taking over. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you can really imagine this, but mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Yeah. No, but this is a really fascinating story. Yeah, you super know, cool. For, they they basically u- she, they used it to to get like uh, people's names and addresses and information just for contact purposes, and it's almost just like a. And that, that was the whole point of it was just to collect their their information so they could be contacted for aid relief, which is just yeah, so benign too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so good go. stuff. All right, right Greg. On. Yo, so let's let's play some music. Um, yeah, here, this is a fun this is a fun tune. I have a fun funny little story about this tune that happened this week. This is Crazy Horse Mongoose by Galactic. Ooh.
stuff. Oh, huh? yeah. Oh, man. oh, yeah. Stanton Moore. Mm. So, funny you bring him up, Nick, because Stanton Moore is the drummer in Galactic, and he posted a video of them from a week ago playing this tune at Red Rocks. Oh, okay. And uh, the video included that little turn, you know, that, that yeah. guitar break with the yeah. odd time. Yeah. And he was like, who knows this tune? Bonus points if you can name the time signature in the turn. And I'm like, I used to play this song with Will Rast in, in a trio. Oh, nice. Because he brought it to the group. And so I'm like, this is Crazy Horse Mongoose. And like, you know, the turn is 15-8, except for the last time when it's just like it's back to four. And, and he, resp- re- he replied with a nailed it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. So that, so that was cool because he is uh, one of my favorite drummers. Yeah, dude. very nice. Yeah, he's well done. And so tight. So it's just a dumb little social media moment. It's not like we're best friends or anything, but shout out to Sam Moore. Yeah, not yet. Can't wait to have him on. It'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got the, he's a part owner of uh, Tipitina's. Oh, in is that right? Yeah, I believe that's, so. Wow. And, he, and I think awesome. they got, they bought it right before the pandemic and everyone was like, ooh. Oh, I, I remember us talking about that now. Yeah. 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 So, however, yeah. I'm sure it's working out fine. I hope I hope it is at least. It's, it's got to be. So, yep, that was not my original clip. No, um, it wasn't. So thank you, thank you. So thank you, Jay, for uh, throwing that in there. Um, my original clip had to do with the story that I was going to talk about, and hopefully we can still play that one too. I think so. It's a good clip. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But yeah. I, this, is a, this is the current <laughs> event type of thing, but oh, okay. uh, it was kind. Of, it's kind of been all over the place. Have you guys been hearing about this Kate Bush Stranger Things? I didn't realize stuff? the new season was out. That's how out of touch I am on, on my Netflix shows. <laughs> That's fine, but Not, Jay, I, yes, I have definitely heard about heard about right. it. I, I haven't watched the new season. I kind of yeah. got burnt out the last yeah. season. Yeah, I hear you. I, I understand. And this is not to promote Stranger Things or to tell you guys like how awesome you know it is or whatever. Is it a good season? You mean? It is a good season, oh, okay. I will say. All right. That's what I've heard. I, I, That's what I've heard. I, I, I felt the same as you guys did. It was a little. It, it got a little. I got a little exhausted by yeah. that. This is happening oh, again. God. Yeah. Hmm. Again, really? Okay. Yep. All right. But they've got a good thing going. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. Suddenly, you have this pop song from 1984 soaring up the the charts. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It it, it almost. It might still make it to number one, but it's a number two right now behind Harry right. Styles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. And it, it, like when it was originally out, it never made it this high. <laughs> never made it anywhere close to this high. No. Yeah. This and is why so you just gotta. This is why the King Gizzard model makes the most sense. <laughs> That's right. Just get That's everything right. you can out there. Just yeah. keep just pump it out. Just yeah. pump it out. And then then wait forty years. Forty and, years yeah. and then yeah. get paid. Yep. In two in two thousand seventy eight, <laughs> those guys are gonna be rich. Mm. <laughs> so there you have it. But the song is called "Running Up That Hill." Maybe some people have been listening to this nonstop. Apparently, I don't know why. But let's let's get a let's get a taste of this. Okay. Yeah. Let's analyze it. Hmm. Okay. Nice little synth swell. Oh. <laughs> Got some DX7 sound there. Pedaling. Uh huh. Ah. Oh. Wow. Do you wanna know? Know that it doesn't hurt me. 
so idiosyncratic, the vocal style. Really sounds like she. They, I, I didn't realize how much of an in, influence on Saint Vincent she was. Yeah. All right, that's a cool song. It's yeah. a very cool song. Quirky. You can see why it wasn't a hit mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. Super like something that music snobs would be into. There, I think the bigger only question twenty is, years later. Yeah, I think the bigger question is why it's a big hit now. Well, and I think that if you, you know, one of the sec- one of the reasons is because of how it's used in the show, which uh, I won't give away. Okay. I won't spoil. It's not necessarily like just wallpaper. It actually like fits into the plot. Sure. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but so suddenly I started noticing on social media, like, and I'm, on, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but people being like, oh, like. Suddenly, everyone's getting into Kate Bush, huh? Oh, look well, who I've arrived been, at the Kate I've, Bush train. Huh? Yeah, I've, I've been oh, listening to no. Kate Bush forever. And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway, uh, mm-hmm. so I found this article online, and it was basically talking about exactly that. Okay. The headline is, Muso snobs don't own Kate Bush. Essentially talking about how there's, it, there's a cringiness when something like this happens and a new generation finds out about an artist from an older generation mm-hmm. yep. and that older generation is like, oh, well, you can't have her. Like, <laughs> like how, are you, how are you only discovering Kate Bush now? And the, the article explains, well, because they're, tw- they're 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is how it's always been. No one's like born with music <laughs> <Yeah>. knowledge <laughs> stamped into their head, you know, and, and it's going to take it takes an experience and this is what i found interesting it takes an experience a moment an emotional moment yeah and but some kind of uh, a synergy with uh, something else like yeah. the music it alone it's, sometimes is enough but when you pair it with a visual or a story or a poignant yeah. moment in a story yes and now all of a sudden it means something more and yeah. that could be a tv show it could be like oh i was on a road trip with my friends yes. it could be a life this, moment yeah yep, yeah exactly much. but yep. like that is where it goes another level. Mm-hmm. And it gets stored in like a deeper place for, for yeah. you because it brings back that, that, that memory. Right, exactly. And you get some kind of, some kind of visual. And I was working uh, today with a student I was teaching him how to play the song "One" by Metallica. Okay, you know, <laughs> and we're in the we're in the intro, and the intro is like really kind of moody, and yeah. mm-hmm. it's really nice. You know, it's like it's really cool guitar stuff. And I was like, I gotta tell you, man, because we've been working on a lot of these Metallica songs, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is the one, like one, the one, hey. the one. This is the one that I listen to the most. Like I remember getting this cassette. Uh-huh. And just like <laughs> listening to this song like twenty times a day, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it the first Rewind. track on the on the side? No, it was the last one, oh. which was annoying. So you had, was to like, get, you had to get the timing right for the rewind. Yep, 
Yep, and I would and I would play it, and it starts out with like helicopter sounds. Okay, that's right. Like yeah. that, that's when I would know like that the song was starting. You would hear like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, all right, here we go, here we go. It's coming again. Everybody, shh, shh, listen, So anyway, but 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 working with him on that, you know, I heard we listened to it, and I was like, man, I used to listen to this so much, you know, and I was having the moment of like walking through the woods with my like on my way to school with the walkman or whatever you know and mm-hmm. so like that's what i wanted to ask you guys though is are, are these guys being music are these guys being snobs huh it's, have you seen you, anything you mean like the guys this? who are uh shitting on younger kids who are just now finding out about kate bush yeah yeah exactly think yes, carefully about they your are being musical okay. snobs. okay all right good <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i it's funny for me because like I've always been on the other side of like musical snobbery. Like I've never been into cool music when it was cool. Never, 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 never. When I was in high school, I liked the least cool music possible. Well, you know, and it wasn't. And then when I was in college, I didn't really get like the indie, you know, rock revival stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't get it then. And I, you know, I still don't get new music now. So I've always been on the other side of that. So I'm, firmly entrenched that these guys are being absolute music snobs and that people discover music whenever they do and you should celebrate it you know like who cares when you come across it you know if you appreciate it for the right reasons and even if you don't even if they don't appreciate it for the right reasons in your mind Mm -hmm. they're appreciating it on their own terms and that's fine you know yeah yeah totally Mm -hmm. i was imagining if this situation applied to something like like the who or like or the Stones, or something like that. I could, I could put myself in a position where I could hear you saying, "Like these oh, idiots know nothing. Like duh, duh, this it, is not even always, the best Stone song." Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. 100. percent It always goes through my mind. Okay. Whenever I hear somebody talk about the Stones, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Dude, I've been in the Stones way before you were ever <laughs> in the Stones." And but more, more recently than that, it's been Bruce Springsteen. Ah. Because now Bruce Springsteen is cool again. Yeah. Right. But when I got into Bruce Springsteen, he was not cool at all. And so my initial reaction is all is normally my my emotional reaction is usually, oh, you don't get them for the same reason that I do. But thanks to meditation and <laughs> uh, experience and life maturity. and maturity, yeah. I realize that that's complete bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, people can like him for any number of reasons and that's awesome uh, yeah there's plenty of room for everyone to like music and let's celebrate it right because they found it <laughs> yes. who cares how they got there it's Absolutely. good music and the Absolutely. other people newer, new people are listening to good music that means they'll be influenced right. by it that means we'll have some aspect of that around exactly yeah. so that was just me being honest saying that yeah that usually is my first initial reaction yeah no it's hard not to it's hard <laughs> especially with a band that like you care about or, or an artist you care about when when other people tell you no that's not cool you're like but yeah. i like it yeah. and then yeah and then and then all of a sudden for them to come around and be like this is cool and you're like no shit, that's what i've been saying <laughs> screw you mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of bleeps yeah. on this one by the way <laughs> what about you what about what about you greg you i mean think? are there any uh bands I, that uh you've had that reaction to um you know it's funny i was trying to think of exact i'm thinking like a pantera you've always been oh cool. yeah mm, true yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's certainly been like the band that I got into because I was just digging into music a little deeper, and 
got into like you know someone like Incubus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was yeah. a band that I felt like I had discovered. Yeah, you know, like I w- I was at a show they were opening up for someone. They were like the last minute fill in, mm-hmm. so I saw them in 1998 and immediately was like, these guys are going to be huge, you know, and they're still doing stuff. But that doesn't. And then funny enough, my my girlfriend at the time's sister who had been into like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys grew up a little bit. And then she started liking Incubus by the time I was done with them. Yeah. And I was like, you're like, like you like Incubus, man. I don't know. Like I was into them when they were good. They're like total sellouts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And that was like being in college. Yeah. Sure. You know. So you're not liking, you're not liking the right phase of their music. Yeah. Right? You know, it's kind of, sorry. What Nick, it, no, no, I was going to say, that's what it comes down to. It's this is, this is adults that haven't gotten mature enough past this. Because, yeah, because we all did this in our 20s sure. to some extent. Or, like, yeah, it's the way that you kind of virtue, I, I never made her feel bad about virtue it. signal that you know more about music than other yep. people. No, and I, and I certainly never made her feel bad. I did Josh her no. a little bit because yeah. I, rem- I was like, remember, I, I used to try to play the CD and you would turn it off and try to put the NSYNC one on. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> you know I mean? that's That's totally yeah, allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get it. You know, it's like, so, it's all about, you know, sometimes we're not ready for for something uh-huh. um yeah something like pantera yeah i liked that stuff in early high school and i mean there's still you know people still talk about pantera all the time you know i, I, I walked past someone with a pantera shirt the other day you know i just thought of that as an example and i'm not sure why that sprung into mind but like a band that you've always liked that maybe whenever dimebag daryl passed that like maybe there's like this wave of people that all of a sudden they're really into pantera yeah you know that um that's yeah that's true or even like you know you see the, you see uh the memes online of like some a girl wearing a band shirt and the guy being like name three songs you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you don't want to be that guy yeah no, no. But, but with this this is this is a very funny instance because we probably won't even be talking about this anymore next week or the week after that you know because yeah. this is like clearly no, like is, a flash it, in the pan it's universal if you like music, yeah. you've experienced this. You've right. You've found something said like, "Have you heard this?" And then somebody's looked at you like, "Of course, I've heard this." Like that's where right. you started. That's oh yeah, the yeah. song you listened to. Really? How small that makes you want to you want to hear them go listen to this album. You know nothing. Yeah, right, everybody's right. experienced that. Exactly. So, again, you have this, you know, popular television show. And what, there's one thing in the article that I wanted to just kind of quote real quick, uh, where it says. Uh, uh, one of the issues with the backlash against new Kate, new Kate Bush fans is about something <laughs> even snobbier. Underlying these complaints is a sense that such a profound musical masterpiece shouldn't be tagged on to a mere popular television show. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. One that young people like on Netflix. <laughs> you know, it's as if an artist like Kate Bush shouldn't be sullying her songs on streaming. Oh, yes. Things. Yeah, of course. <laughs> which, but, but, which, by the way, though, she apparently is very picky about the licensing and the sync, the syncs that she chooses to do. Okay. Okay. And when, she, and when the, they approached her and... and Netflix has know, some said, deep pockets. They, they explained how it was going to be used, too. And at the end, she was like, okay, you know, I think I think there you I, go. Think I'm, I think I'm good with it. <laughs> so what's and, um, so let me what's the right response? So so some kids like, dude, I I heard I heard "Come as You Are" and it's like the greatest Nirvana song ever. I haven't listened to any of their other stuff. Like, how do you respond to that then? If you're not going to be, I mean, you know, as a, as a guitar teacher, I see experience this all the sure. time. So t- you know, teach us, Greg. I, I tell, I tell how should them, we like, respond as adults to kids that like, find I music say, I say, like 
don't listen don't, don't don't talk to me until you've listened to their whole discography five times no, I'm just <laughs> okay no. all right uh, withholding you uh, go with withholding okay <laughs> yes yeah no 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 no, no. On, on the contrary I, I i'll say something like i'm so envious that you get to like listen to it for, you get for the to hear that time. for the first time yeah, yeah. You, that's, you a, that's a great line. Yeah. that's the great that's, you know, that's a good one yep yeah and not only that but if you like that if, if you do like that I can hopefully direct you to the what came before, you know, like what yeah. led to to this, you know, and that King Gizzard chart. That's a great example, exactly, <laughs> of like a healthy but, way to approach <laughs> some noob finding this band right. for the first time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But but that's you know that's my job, really. I feel like as like a music that's teacher. What, that's why we're paying. Yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's where's my Venmo, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I might have misspelled. It's okay. You'll get it's it. It's Greg Blowman. Oh, Greg, Greg Blowman. Oh, he's he's sitting on a pile of. He's got a huge uh, running account. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. I, I I haven't had enough. I have a couple younger nephews and nieces um, that are just starting to get to that age where they're kind of into cool music. Mm-hmm. So I've had a. I've gotten the chance to have a couple of those conversations. Cool. And for me, it's just been like. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, don't blow this. Don't blow this. Right. Don't blow this, Jay. Like, don't overdo it. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> here, yeah. Here, I can give you like eighteen albums if you like that. You know that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm crazy, to... weirdo. The other thing, yeah, right. the other thing that, that I noted in this article that I thought was was, was silly too is like the tweets that were like, "Shame on you if this is how your child is finding out about Kate Bush." Yeah. You exactly. try playing to a middle schooler. Anything. <laughs> And expect them to give it a second listen. Yeah, <laughs> that's not no, necessarily no. always the case. Seriously, and I definitely have shared some music, but more often than not, if it's like if I'm playing it seriously, like, oh, yeah, those people <laughs> don't have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was, they yeah. Don't, yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, because it's like you know, it, it, just because it's coming from you, it's but already not. It cool. shows up in a, in a Stranger Things show. Now it's cool. Yeah, it's I cool. mean, like uh, so. another one is like Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. You know, Serge, Serge Gansberg. Yeah. You know, as the as the hipsters say now. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you want to go get like a pressing of a Serge Gansbourg album in Williamsburg? It's going to cost Ooh. you like three figures. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, my mom has the all of them in mint condition. <laughs> wow. You know. Yeah. And like, you know, and I've been listening my to this music my entire life. Just be, just to be clear wow. on that. Yeah. But, not but everyone's even, mom has the full Gansbourg. Uh, discography. No, but she ready just to go. she. That was like her dude. She yeah. she was yeah. like she loved that. The Doors, Pet Shop Boys, like <laughs> Philip Glass. <laughs> she had a good music Ooh, taste. Nice, yeah. Um, and my dad, on the other hand, was like into like jazz and disco, and you know. So I was hearing some good stuff. I yeah. wasn't hearing much like rock. You know, no, that's why you one of them were thing. like that. That's why you went to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. It's different. I so heard this. Go. Yeah, but so there, there you go. Um, and my mom also had the be- the classical. She liked uh, she liked some classical stuff in the house. But she would she got I remember the album Tiger Lily by Natalie Merchant. You remember oh, yeah. that one? Oh yeah. yeah. And so I was immediately like, my mom listens to that. Like, not cool. Yes. But uh, but it was See, on the in the house. And I, I was loved like, that album so when, bad. I when it came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See proof yeah, proof that exactly. Jay was not cool. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, it's you just yeah, you just gotta wait a little time. It, but hey, man, it had a, the guitar player from Spin Doctors played lead guitar on that entire album. Come on, guys. What what what, what I was saying though is not that, a real doctor. 
uh, not a real doctor, by the way, <laughs> is that I was hearing it on the radio station that I liked, though. So I was confused because I was uh. like, I'm hearing oh, it. Mom's the... music's on my radio station. Maybe yeah, it's yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to the wrong radio station. It's like That's DC 101. Yeah. yeah. Tiger, Natalie Merchant, Tiger Lily. All right. All right. All right. Sweet hey, track. Yeah, I'll give you a morning commute. I don't know if you know of this or not, but that's the Elliot sweet guitar Moore. sounds of the guy yeah, from the okay. Spin Doctors on there. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Never, ever heard goes of out them? to no? a little okay. kid named Jay in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's been calling up stuff all morning, <laughs> yeah, wanting yeah. to hear Carnival. Thank you. Mm. It took me a little while to come to the Car- song Car- from uh, Carnival. Carnival. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good, man. Yep. Hey, and you know, if you're out there, don't be a dick. Just yeah, don't man. be. A, don't be a music snob. There's no reason. There's enough time. There's enough space. It's for an everybody. urge we all have to fight. Yep. It's uh. It's it. It's sometimes. It's, yeah. It's, it's if you hard have the when knowledge, you, if you specifically when the when 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 it's some kid who, who is coming at you like. I know more than you. It is hard to kind of oh when they want to try to like yeah when they're coming at it from that standpoint. They want to try to school you. Yeah, Yeah, but you got you got to you got to you got to just let it be. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't have to, but you 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 should. (laughs) You should. Yeah, they're they're children. No, and 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 if you have some knowledge to drop, just know that it's 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 heavy. You know, don't just like dump it all on their head. You know, and make them feel bad. Don't don't make people feel bad about it. Yeah, you know because. It's honestly, you know, music is like one of my favorite things to talk about, and I don't want to like turn people off from talking to me about it, you know, yeah. by being, even though I might be like, oh my god, how could you possibly think that, you know? <laughs> if you just and last last thing I'll say, if you just put your if you if you can get yourself back in that mindset, there's nothing cooler as a kid than showing an adult some music, and they like it. Mm-hmm. There's True. nothing cooler. Like True. that is such a cool feeling as a kid. So. True. If it's an opportunity to give a kid that, yeah, think about it. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you, there Mr. You Loman. Yeah, you yeah, thank yeah, you, Mr. Great. Klein. Thank you. That was a fantastic Thanks, episode. Jay. Yeah, Greg, right on time. If, if you wouldn't mind, where are the transcripts find sent? folks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get in touch with us with their handwritten transcripts. What's our let fax me, number me, again? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, can you can you forward me that? Uh, it's actually written in that musical code. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. send me the score from the You Should Check It Out theme song? Uh, we'll just sing it to you. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, K, uh-huh. And uh, at Gmail? Okay, wait. Got it. <laughs> exactly. Got it? All right. The ampersand was the tricky part. Mm, true. Blurp. You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. You can send us an email at yscio_podcast at gmail.com. Find mm. us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. Go listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are heard. Mm-hmm. Leave us a review, and as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Yes, you should. And don't be a snob. Like if you've been into, you should check it out. Like since episode one, tell the you world. Know, and, exactly. And if somebody says, "Hey, man, I just found this great new podcast with uh-huh. these three hilarious guys talking about music," <laughs> yeah. like don't be like, "Yeah, but have you heard season one?" Right. I was there during the Zappa episodes. Be, like I, I know. Yeah, yeah. So don't be don't be that guy. Okay. No. Just spread the word. Tell a friend. And uh, yeah, See come you. back and listen to us next week. Yeah, we'll be here. That'd be great. All right. Peace. See Thanks, you, guys. Dude. Later.